Hello, everyone. Welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast. My name is James Dixon, wishing everybody a very good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever or whenever you are tuning into us from. Today's podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Engage, powered by D2I Systems, winner of Best Event Management Platform at the 2017 Event Technology Awards. To learn how Engage can make your business more profitable, visit d2isystems.com forward slash engage. Welcome along, everybody, to today's podcast, and welcome back to Mr. Rob Murdoch. Rob is the um, founder and MD of Exposure Analytics. Rob, welcome back to the podcast today. Thank you, James, and thanks for having me back. No problem at all. For those of you who have uh, have seen Rob on the podcast before, um, if you reference back on Event Industry News in June this year, back in June, we, um, we did a podcast with Rob talking about his, his company Exposure Analytics and what these guys do um, within the marketplace. Um, a little bit of recapping to do following on from that, but uh, first thing uh, first, Rob, let's just put very briefly into context what it is that Exposure Analytics do for anybody who hasn't listened to that previous uh, episode. Uh, Exposure Analytics delivers footfall analytics for brands, agencies at live events. So any event that can happen across the world, we can measure the footfall and help work out the success of the event based on the footfall. Uh, uh, oh, sorry, James. Sorry. Uh, we can no, uh, times, uh, movement, hotspots, heat maps, um, and also demographics of people as well that are attending your event. And, and, and just to sort of, uh, uh, sort of but, but not back up as such what Rob said, but what might be useful for anybody who's now listening to this podcast who hasn't listened to the previous episode, I would perhaps recommend pausing this one now, going back to June this year, diving into that first episode, because in that we talk... Uh, a bit about how the actual uh, technology works. Um, Rob gives us a very good insight into how the technology actually produces the analytics and the data uh, and the reporting um, that uh, that he's just referenced. So it would be well worth, before continuing today's episode, going back and referencing that if you weren't on the original episode and, uh, and picking it up from there because it will flow nicely into where we are now today. Um, and as I said, six months ago we first spoke to Rob and we got him on the podcast. Six months down the line, a lot of things have happened with the company. Um, at the start of November 2018, uh, Exposure Analytics picked up two awards at the Event Technology Awards in London. Best use of wireless technology and best use of technology for event analytics and data collection. On top of that, the company have recently uh, released some statistics showing that they've um, serviced a thousand events in 2018 alone that's comparable to having worked with a thousand events in their previous four years of operation so you've seen a significant jump haven't you rob and um, and some real success over the last six months alone oh most definitely it's so uh, it's been quite amazing really uh, winning the two awards i'm really pleased for the team because we've got a great team around us and it was for them um, and for the products that we have and it's it was excellent and then yeah, the, the growth of the business, having done a thousand events in, already in 2018, was just amazing. We were like, blimey, we've hit that. We also hit two billion lines of data in our um, databases, which did sort of break it a bit. The guys, they didn't lose any data like that, but um, mm -hmm. it's quite a mammoth feat to have two billion lines worth of data. And I suppose yeah. that just those figures alone, two billion lines of data, is sort of figures that people may, may, may struggle to actually comprehend. You know, when you start talking about two billion anything, it's a figure really that um, is, is, is yeah, gigantic. Our, our, our technical lead said to me, he said, um, the only other company knew that, that this happened to, and there probably are other companies, was YouTube when Gangnam Style hit two billion views and it broke YouTube. <laughs> so so, so like there we go. Music. <laughs> 
comparable to Gangnam Style now. Um, <laughs> Uh, the, the, the technology that, that we're talking about, and, um, and again, I don't want to have to dwell too much, having looked at it in the past, in the previous episode, Robert, about, about how it works. But, but in a nutshell, for those, those of you listening today, we're talking about um, uh, wireless devices, I think we can call them, that, that can be applied in event spaces. And you can apply multiple uh, devices in any given event space. And what those devices do that, that Rob and his team set up allows event organizers to track very, very accurately and see very accurately what the numbers were, not just in the overall event space. You know, a lot of people can clock numbers that are coming in through the door and out the door, but we're talking about where they were and how they moved within any given space. So we can see heat maps, we can see hotspots, we can see all sorts of really insightful data um, that can help an organizer see, see what's happening. And, and there were two things particularly that I noted ahead of today's recording, Rob, that, that I'd like to, to talk about. And I suppose it's the two sides of the exhibitor-organizer relationship at something like a, like a trade show. Um, as I see it, you have uh, two, two distinct sides of the coin. Exhibitors who have exhibited perhaps at a show for many, many years, they have a, a, a trust and a loyalty to those organizers. And, and they pretty much take anything that's given to them at face value when it comes to, to figures, when it comes to facts and stats related to a show. On the other side to that, you may have exhibitors who are new to an event and who have that element of doubt in their mind you know that sort of trepidation of committing budget towards exhibiting at an event and whether or not they they should put complete faith and trust in the figures that are being given to them um i'm curious to know how each side of that particular argument is um supported by the data that you guys are now generating for people okay so um you mentioned trust there and uh, we did an event in october i think it was at the baftas uh, where we invited some industry um, potential customers and we had customers speaking to those people. One of them was uh, from a large uh, electronics manufacturer, uh, machinery, uh, medical machinery. Um, they spend 90 billion odd euros a year on exhibitions. And the head of events there said he does not trust, trust event organizers with the data that they present him. Because event organizers seem to think they need to tell you you've got loads of people coming through the door. And they think big numbers is important. Well, big numbers isn't important. It's the quality of people and the truth, yeah. the facts. People want to act on truth and fact. And if you've been bamboozled with figures and said, well, we've had 100,000 people come through the door today. And yeah, you stood there and well, I didn't see them. Where do they come from? So our data will give you the first-hand insights into what's actually happening. And uh, it's a sad reflection, really, that event organisers, not all event organisers, but some event organisers do feel they've got to increase those figures because that's what they think people want to hear. So on both sides, whether you're a new exhibitor or an existing exhibitor, they're treated the same pretty much. Hmm. And um, when, when you mentioned that, that event that you did at BAFTA and, and you invited but, uh, potential clients as well as existing users uh, to, to, to support the, the, the work that you've done and with their own projects, this is technology that can be used and deployed by an event organizer, but also by the exhibitors themselves. There's no hard and fast rule as to who should be using it, is there? No, there isn't. And if I'm honest with you, the majority of our customers are exhibitors. Um, we do a lot of experiential activation. So at the moment, uh, we're at King's Cross with Tiffany and the 43-foot high Christmas tree they got there. We're doing something with Paco Rabanne. Um, but the... The exhibitors at an exhibition, we work mainly with the exhibitors. Um, a lot of event organizers 
don't see the benefit of what we present, which is a shame uh, because when we do work with event organisers, they get it and they love it. Um, event organisers, their budgets, um, we're always being told their budgets are very tight. Hmm. Um, and, oh, you know, we're not sure we can afford that. But the data they can get can re- earn them extra revenue because, you know, some exhibitors will say, I've had nobody come past my stand. Our data will reflect whether they have or they haven't. If they've had a bad show, it might not be the fact that the footfall was low. It might be the fact that um, they uh, th- they just didn't have a very good stand. Mm. And, case. Uh, and on that subject, I, I was fortunate enough to, to, to be at that event at BAFTA that, that, that you guys run and, and see sort of firsthand and hear firsthand some of the scenarios. There. And, and uh, one thing that... Um, that one of the, the gentlemen that I met there said was that um, they were actually using the technology on a, on a daily basis, not just as a, as a post-event analytical uh, device, but actually on a daily basis to look at where people had interacted on their stand. This is a company that has a very, very large uh presence when they do exhibit at events and with you know we're talking hundreds of square meters of, of exhibition space and oh, they were yeah. actually using it weren't they on a daily basis to actually see how they could manipulate and change their stand day to day to make sure that people were flowing correctly very correct yes i mean uh, they they can sometimes spend more on a stand than an event organizer will spend on the whole show um, that's the different sort of budgets we're talking about but yes they present uh, our heat map and flow um, to their brand investors and people who are working on the stand each morning and say, right, uh, this MRI machine didn't have many people on it. Can we uh, make sure we're pushing more people to that? Or, you know, th- there was a blockage there. Let's make sure that's sorted. Let's make sure they follow the route round that we've planned for the exhibition stand as we want them to. Mm-hmm. So, yes, every day they're using that data. And, and how, um, since we last spoke six months ago and, and, and looked really at the overall methodology and, and what this, this technology that you guys supply can actually deliver, um, how has the actual uh, interpretation of the analytics changed and, and developed? Because there will be an awful lot of information that is available to people um, and what could be quite easy is for them to get, not necessarily confused, but just have so much stuff presented to them that they can't actually interpret it in a clear, clear way. Uh, yeah, so we, we in the port, within the portal, we, um, we believe and um, we are complimenting it for our customers that we do present that data in a concise way. So it's not pages and pages and pages of spreadsheets. It's um, graphics and it's just diagrams that are showing them how, how it's working and numbers, obviously. But it's a visual thing that they get from us rather than just number crunching. So it is important that um, our guys, after the event, we do a post review with the clients say right do you understand this um look there was a spike here what were you doing on your stand then oh yeah we had ollie burrs on the stand or something like that (laughs) i'm dropping all the pop references today aren't i (laughs) yeah so it's it's very important that that we go through that with them or they have an insights person that can interpret that data because a lot of people i hear this a lot that there's so much data out there what are you actually doing with it are you using that data and most people just aren't. They're just saying, well, oh, we've done the analytics. But what have you done with it? Mm. Try and interpret. I hear an awful lot, so certainly with a podcast, you know, we speak to a lot of technology companies and a lot of people who have um, platforms or systems that, that generate data, um, you know, in its simplest form now, 
every event organizer is using some sort of digital platform to help manage their events and, and, and collate event registrations or send out invitations. So everybody has got a certain amount of electronic data available to them. And um, the more and more and more we generate, the more and more and more difficult it can be sometimes to actually interpret all of that. Um, and, and certainly in terms of making it presented having it presented with graphics and images and easy to understand stuff, I think brings it back down to its simplest level um, yes. when it comes to actually identifying what's worked and what hasn't worked. Yeah. The, the, the mistake people make is you've got a lot of complex information there. If you present it to them in a complex way, they're just going to run away from it. So we simplify that data still complex at the back end, but the way we present it is a nice, simple, easy to view format. Sure. When um, just referencing the, the two awards that you won, I mentioned at the start of the episode that, um, that at the Event Technology Awards at the start of November, um, you guys picked up best use of wireless technology. Um, obviously, the, the, the actual hardware that you guys deploy is wireless. It can be deployed you know, pretty freely with any given space. And best use of tech for event analytics and data collection. Um, beyond the data collection aspects, there's a data management aspect. And you mentioned the sort of two billion lines of, of data um, how difficult uh, is it to manage? Uh, is it not difficult at all, but you have to be very, very careful with it? How does it work once you've collected it in actually managing that data? Um, so we, we store everything on AWS. So most people use AWS, Amazon Web Services. So yeah, it's, it's all up there and we could just spring up another instance when we need it. So um, if we've got a lot of events going on at any one time, we'll, we'll uh, spring up extra instances to keep that running. And then the storage is just there. I mean, obviously storage, the price of storage keeps on coming down. So you know, we're managing that. Uh, what we don't want to do is Costco spiraling out the way. We have to put our prices up to our customers. So it's managing those uh, all aspects because we keep the data on the platform uh, for, our, for our clients to review their data. So an important thing is comparing past events. So if we just got rid of the data, they wouldn't be able to compare them. So it's, you know, if we do an event in Berlin this year and we do it again next year, they can compare to see how well they did, what, what changed, was the weather different, all things like that. Sure. And do you, do you think that, um, are, you, are you already identifying that because of the, 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 the leap that you guys have had in the sheer volume of events that you're working with now in 2018 compared to those the, the previous four years, um, are you now even more confident in being able to, to generate year-on-year -year data and being able to reference, obviously, the more events that you work with, the more opportunity you guys have got as a company to be able to reference event to event what worked there, what didn't work there, and actually offer that back as advice to your clients? Yeah, it's, it's not something we've offered and it's something we, we, we've been considering and looking at because we, we have so much data on events and it, we, we, can, um, we, we are looking at areas where we can do that and manage that data and, and monetize it really and mm -hmm. see what we can do for our clients to say, if you're looking for a place to go, um, you want a perfume brand that you're going to be promoting, uh, where's the best places to go? Because I think I, I said it in the last uh, podcast we did, you get numbers from, if you're doing a shopping centre tour, you'll get numbers from the shopping centre, which, quite frankly, are just rubbish. <laughs> if you half it and half it again, you're not even close to what the real number is. So um, you're using our data, rather than going to the, the shopping centres and say, you know, what's your numbers going to be? They, we can compare the data and say, right, you know, Birmingham will give you this, Glasgow will give you that, Northampton, Nottingham, wherever. Yeah. And we do it in all weird, wonderful places. 
Um, I'm, I'm curious to ask, and I don't know whether or not you'll know this off the top, top of your head, but um, when you entered for the Event Technology Awards and you obviously subsequently won them, you'll have had to reference particular projects and no doubt projects that you guys have really delivered significant results for those particular clients. Um, it, it, obviously aligning that to, to the event that you did at BAFTA where you had users coming in to talk to potential users to give their, their case studies and their examples. Um, what are some of the highlights for you so far this year and, and what sort of real impact have you made to, with, with certain clients that you're allowed to talk about? That's a good question, that is, yeah. Um, we did um, a job for Canon at uh, Photokina, uh, and Canon have a camera system they use for counting, mm -hmm. um, which they don't deploy. I, I think they do deploy it a fair bit, but they put it in conjunction with our platform. And um, going back to the uh, visitor numbers at the, uh, the event organizers state, uh, the two systems, ours and the camera system, were almost identical with the numbers we presented. And right. the event organisers were probably, I don't know, 300% more than we were. <laughs> it goes back to this trust thing, doesn't it? So, so, so it's, it's provided genuine hardcore. And what, uh, another curious thing to ask about the, um, the camera comparison. Um, with yeah. this, the, the, your system at the moment, using the, the, the wireless devices that you've got, uh, are interacting with mobile devices that are, that are yeah. pinging out requests to try and connect to networks and things and you're able to actually track numbers by by actually pinging and, and, and connecting with with mobile devices yeah. um the camera will actually use some sort of recognition presumably to count people that are there where does the camera system stand from a security and a um an, an anonymity aspect by comparison to the um to, to the hardware that you guys so, so there's, there's, there's two camera systems that we have um, there's aperture which is a facial detection system and um, that will look at people's faces, tell us their age, gender, and mood. There's quite a lot of companies out there doing this now. And then uh, we have Apex, which we launched at Event Tech Live um, at the beginning of November. Apex is a stereoscopic camera system that right. sits above the stand or walkways or entrances to your stand and counts people in and out. So one of the things about measuring Wi-Fi devices not everyone has Wi-Fi enabled. And we, we overcome that with what we call a coefficient. We set the coefficient to match the amount of people with Wi-Fi enabled. And that, again, is down to our experience. With over 2,000 events, we know what that, that number will be and what that percentage will be. Mm -hmm. So the, 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 two, the, the two camera systems we have uh, with the uh, EX sensors, which is the, the Wi-Fi sniffing sensors, they all work in conjunction together just to offer an all-round package. So rather than standing still and say, oh, we have a product with these sensors, We've looked at developing other products as well. Mm -hmm. And with the facial detection, because we're just detecting a face, we're not looking at it, we're not storing any image, um, we, um, we're okay with the, the data protection side of things. If you're doing facial recognition, then it's a whole different kettle of fish with GDPR. Sure. And, and does the, um, just to delve into a little bit more, the sophistication on the camera side of things, you mentioned that um, from a recognition point of view, you can it sounds like you can set certain criteria or variables in there so it will identify, broadly speaking, the age brackets that somebody maybe falls yeah, into. Yeah, so detection, not recognition. Yeah. I'm important to stress in that, detection. Um, so, yes, the, the, this aperture system will tell us um, age, um, gender, mood, uh, whether they've got beards, glasses, and things like that. So you can trigger messaging 
if you've got digital displays or uh, digital information there, the camera's above it. If your audience say, say 70% male, we can change the digital messaging. Well, we can give you a prompt and then it's down to the agency to, to change that messaging, which is quite important, quite a good feature to have to change your messaging depending on the audience that's watching it. Hmm. Uh, and presumably as an organiser, if you take into to, uh, consideration uh, an agency that's delivering an experiential event for a, a brand, they're selling a new product and they've got space within a, a big shopping centre or, 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 or you know, in a train station somewhere and they're wanting to engage with a specific demographic of people, they will set those variables in advance. They will set that demographic and say, these are the people we want to target. And it sounds like this type of system added to the, the actual numbers that the your original system can generate with the camera enabled as well they're actually able to see how many people within that demographic came past and subsequently how many they were able to interact with yes that you you can theoretically do that yes we haven't really done that as such but yes it can be done okay i mean it's interesting to us because there's another phrase that springs up all the time on the podcast and within the industry and that's roi return on investment or return of investment and yeah. and people have banged on about it for years and we can demonstrate return on investment we can, and i had one guy actually on the podcast a couple of years ago who said there's really actually no such thing in his opinion there was no such thing as return on investment it's it's immeasurable you know you you, you can have business from an event that might come to in five years time you know do you trace that back and say well that was definitely part of, of exhibiting at that particular event but i suspect with systems like this the whole subject of roi is getting a little bit closer and a little bit more manageable so people yes. can justify and, and i think the people we're talking will talk about romi return on marketing investment mm. and um they live with these uh, tlas and <laughs> everything like that but um it, yes if you if i let's let's for my for my uh, myself so we ran this event at BAFTA. It cost an awful lot of money to put on because we took 40 people fine dining and a seven-course tasting menu, which we will be doing another one next year. We're just going to be planning the dates in January and working out when we're going to do it. So if anyone's listening to this who thinks they, uh, they should be attending, please let us know. There you go. There's a plug for that. <laughs> um, so for me, um, I needed to work out, was that event successful? And what is success? For me, it was, did I get my money back plus some? And we did. We, we, we landed an order from a client uh, shortly after the show that was at the show, and it basically paid for the show. Um, and then we've had other business come in, which has bumped that up. So we set ourselves a target that we wanted to hit by December. If we did that, we'll be doing the event again. And we've done that target, so we will be doing the event again. So, yes, return on investment is achievable. Um, you've got to know what your parameters are. Mm. I suppose you, you can't say, you, know, you, you, you've got to have a figure in mind. What, what's it got to be? Whether it's the amount of leads you get, whether it's the amount of footfall that you have. Um, and we've done a link in with um, a company called Sales Stratus. And they pull an API, have an API pull from us to take data from us. So they do lead capture at events. Yeah. Very good. Doing. there's lots of companies out there but um, we worked with these guys and really like what they're doing now from that we could work out a a formula for this amount of passing people to this amount of engaged people equals this amount of engaged right uh, so this amount of engaged leads to this amount of leads so then a business or an exhibitor can then say right well we've got you know 100 leads and they'll, they'll know from their business that 100 leads might lead to 10 orders or one order, I don't know, but every business is going to be different. But there are ways and criteria that you can put, set out to say, is this a success? 
am I getting return on my investment? So your chap two years ago said, there's no such thing. I know where he's coming from. He says, well, I might get an order in five years time. Yes, that's true. But that's, you know, that's five years time. You know, you're not going to make a decision whether you're going to exhibit next year in five years because it's gone. So you've got to find some criteria measuring that event. Sure. And I think that um, up until relatively recently, if we look in the, in the history of, of live events and, and how long people have been going to expos, trade fairs, conferences, call them what you will, um, an awful lot of detail and planning goes in pre-event whether you're an exhibitor or an organizer you know if you're a really well organized you know well drilled exhibitor you will spend loads of time planning your stand a lot of design will go into where you're going to put stuff what it will look like how it's going to be there you plan every last detail and then at 9 30 a.m on day one the doors open and you then just leave it in the hands of the gods <laughs> And that's really what it's the way I see it. It's been like that until relatively recently in the industry. It's then just a case of, right, let's see who walks through the door and see what we get from it. And, and you've got all of this analysis and planning that goes into it beforehand. And then, you know, for the period that the actual event is operational, you know, seemingly, a, well, let's see where the wind takes us type approach um, in some respects. And, and it does strike me that, that not just with your own company, but, there are more and more offerings coming into the events industry that's helping us, you know, actually really delve down into the analytical side of things and see who was there, how they interacted, where they moved, what they did, how they did it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, t t t talking about um, more and more people coming in, we, we've had competition this year. Um, people have sprung up that are competing. I've got have competing products with this. Mm -hmm. um, I love it. I think it's great uh, because before, we were having to educate the market that this can be done. Now we've got people coming along talking about what we're doing. Sure. Um, and, you know, it's interesting the different scales that you have. You've got your low end, you've got your high end, you've got your middle of the road companies. And um, we, we lost a deal the other day. We don't lose many. Uh, we lost a deal to a company that was charging £40 for the event. It, it was, uh, I put it into context, it was a 10-day touring activation. They charge right. forty pounds for it. And we got a phone call after the first two days saying, "This ain't working." What would you expect for forty pounds? Yeah. <laughs> so there's competition out there. There's competition. So you've got to be careful. In, indeed, but but uh, as a broader subject and as a broader sector now within the industry, um, as you said, com competition is good because where in the past, if you've had difficulty convincing people, whether that be exhibitors or organisers. As, as to whether or not this technology can benefit them more companies mean more people who are trying to trying to sell it more people trying to sell it means a bigger awareness of that particular sector yes. within any given yeah. given industry which means that hopefully the people you're trying to convince are actually taking a bit more note they're thinking well actually there's a few companies doing this now it must be something that's a growth area it must actually be working in some respect yes yes most definitely and um yeah We've just seen the business grow and grow and the leads coming in just growing and growing um, from yeah, to complement event tech awards, um, winning those awards. It's, you know, some people are a bit skeptical about winning awards, but for us, um, it's actually leaded to, uh, well, led to several leads. I think in the last week, we've probably had 20 leads come in. Right. And it's all from the event tech awards. Um, so, yeah, we're really pleased with that. The event tech live, I think we had over 180 leads, 162 leads actually, sorry, coming from Event Tech Live. So 
yes, we, there is competition out there. There's people talking. There's a buzz. And there's, a, there's, there's a feel that people are interested. And we're seeing more and more people come through the doors to us. Absolutely. And operationally, just as, as a business, how have you had to adapt in the last um, year, in the last six months, in the last few weeks, just because of this, this growth that you've experienced? So I'll reference them again. Um, on your own website, you've recently published figures that said that, that up till now in 2018, um, and we're recording this at the end of November, if, depending on when this episode gets published, yep. you've worked with a thousand events in 2018. In your previous four years of operation, it was a thousand events. So you've done in one year what you've done previously in four years. Yes. That has an impact on any business, regardless of what it is you're actually doing operationally, that's going to have an impact. Yes. Um, it's, so the biggest thing is stock, um, believe it <laughs> or not. Um, we've designed the product so that our customers can self-install it. Right. So it keeps the cost down. So if we send somebody to the site, we're going to charge a lot more for it. So some of our customers choose to self-install. So we literally, we're, we're a sort of logistics company in a way, posting out sensors and sending them back and waiting wait for them to be returned to us. Mm. So having the product fine-tuned so it's easy to deploy is very important. If it takes you two days to deploy it, then you know, your costs are going to go up and it'd be a nightmare to do. If we had to go and install all those thousand events this year, we, we would be probably bankrupt because we'd have to have loads and loads of people doing it. Sure. We've developed it so it's easy to easy to use and easy to self-install. Okay. So that more salespeople, um, and uh, we we run quite a tight ship. I was looking. We, we employ seven people full time and five people part time. So yeah, we're not a big organisation in numbers, but with cloud, with the cloud and everything like that now, and everything being up there in the ether, it's quite easy to develop your platform to make it that simple to use thing. Uh, and I suppose that, that that brings it back to making it accessible for people, not just with the analytics and the data that's generated, but with the actual hardware itself. You know, people are more tech savvy nowadays. You know, people are uh, more naturally inclined at being able to plug stuff in or install stuff or connect wirelessly from one thing to another it's something that generally speaking most people are pretty well versed in especially in the events industry so um you know finding stuff that actually can be deployed easily as well as accessed easily when it comes to that data is it, yes. it, two distinct yeah. elements but they've both got to be easy haven't they yeah i mean with, with the 4g sensor we have it's got a, a battery and it will run it for eight hours literally put the aerial on it turn it on that's it yeah. Once the sensor's on, it's always collecting data. Then we create the event on the platform. That takes a few minutes to do. And uh, yeah, when we, when we present it to clients, we show them easy steps. And we, we'll, we'll create an event whilst we're demonstrating to them. So we have a sensor. Let, let me just turn this on. Right, the event's created. Here we go, it's collecting data. Like, really? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's how easy it is. So that takes that fear factor out because you get a lot of fear from people. As you, as you said, with technology, ooh, you know, I'm not sure we want to touch that. Literally, just press the button. It's like turning on your mobile phone. Absolutely. And um, as I said at the very start of, of today's um, episode, this, this is, a, I suppose, part two, you may call it. Six months ago, we, yeah. we welcomed Rob um, from Exposure Analytics on to talk about the company, to, to actually give us a real insight into how the tech worked, how it could be deployed, what it actually did. And, and six months down the line today, we've been speaking to him about some of the successes that the guys have had, um, two wins at the Event Technology Awards, the jump in the figures. And uh, it's been a pleasure to have you back on the show today, Rob. Thank you very much for having me. It's been great. 
if you've uh, if you've carried on plugging through today's episode despite my my um direction to go and reference the old episode please do hop back onto eventindustrynews.com or go into your podcast uh download a platform whichever one you're using and have a search back to june 2018 that's when we did the first episode with rob uh from exposure analytics and uh, you can have a listen to that and hopefully it'll put into context some of the stuff that we've been uh, talking about today as a lead on to that so our thanks to uh, our thanks to rob murdoch from exposure analytics for for joining the podcast again today the podcast is brought to you by our own sponsor engage powered by d2i systems winner of best event management platform at the 2017 event technology awards to learn how engage can make your business more profitable visit d2isystems.com forward slash engage which brings us nicely to the end of today's episode um to the end of our second discussion with rob murdoch rob thanks again for joining the podcast today thanks james and we'll see all of you and uh catch up with you all soon uh see you soon bye-bye